from the Hanneman Health Club in the heart of Inwood, New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home in what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome filmmaker Michael Menezes. Michael is an Inwood-based Philippine-born filmmaker. His previous films include When Bart 6874 Met Lulu 5547, Maxine, and The Pleasure of Being Served, which has gone on to play 22 film festivals throughout North America, Europe, and the Philippines. He is currently in production for his latest project, Asian Persuasion, which is a recipient of Inwood Artworks' Inwood Film Festival Filmmaker Fund grant. We're going to talk to him about that and so much more, but first... Michael, welcome to Inwood Works on Air. Great seeing you, my friend. Great seeing you. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Well, how are you? Things are good. Uh, I'm, I'm really busy now. Uh, I started working on the short film, uh, Asian Persuasion. And uh, next week, September 4th, we start, uh, you know, just rehearsal. We're going to walk around uh, Fort Trine Park, pick out the, uh, the right sceneries, and then the week, the weekend after that, we are looking to shoot, you know, weather permitting. Woohoo! Yeah, finally, after about a year, after getting the grant. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, we're going to talk about Asian Persuasion uh, in a little bit because um, I can't wait to hear all about it. Um, but we're going to set, set up um, you for the people here who perhaps don't know your work uh-huh. um, and the fact that uh, you serve as writer, yeah. <laughs> editor, Producer and director of all your films. And I did the uh, painting for the latest poster. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. I saw I saw the, your internet, as, yeah. uh, your, your, your social media posts. It's amazing. You're, so essentially, Michael, you're a one-man gang. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. knowing your work, um, which I do pretty well, uh-huh. uh, I can't help but notice that they have a common thread about exploring love and relationships. Yeah. Perhaps uh, a dark humor, situational, yeah. comedic style to yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just so super curious of like, was there a specific TV show or film that drew you in and that it's kind of pushed you in that way to find your voice in exploring this genre? Yeah. Um, the few the uh, films you've mentioned, the ones that I made, have all been dark comedies. But the one film that probably influenced me the most is not a dark comedy. It's actually, um, have you ever heard of HUD, Paul Newman? Oh, sure. Yeah. it's. Uh, I saw it in college, and it's probably the first movie I've seen where the villain is like the main character and he got away with a lot of it. He got away with it, you know, with, with everything just because, well, he was played by Paul Newman. So uh, if I had read that screenplay uh, on paper, it would have been like, who is this guy? You know, he's a womanizer. He's a bad example for his nephew. And then uh, he sort of like sells out his dad's, you know, uh, cattle farm just so he could inherit the money and then sell some bad cattle to, you know, across the border Mexicans, not in knowing that they're, like, diseased, but he won't tell them. Like, he's a really bad character, but then, you know, he's played by Paul Newman. It's like, well, you know, it's Paul Newman, so Paul you can Newman. get away with a lot of things. So I'm like, basically, he's, a, he's an anti-hero, a villain, who you kind of rooted for at the same time. And uh, he, I guess the 
the director found the goodness in him, whether he's charming, good looking, and any other, whatever. Um, oh, it's just like you, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, wow, you know, anti-heroes, villains can be really interesting main characters. Uh, so since then, uh, my, challenge, my challenge to myself is to take unlikable characters and make them likable. Like, the pleasure of being served, none of the characters there, I admit, are likable. Uh, you know, the womanizing American and, the, and then the, um, the uh, cleaning woman who kind of sells out her own, you know, her countrywoman because of money. But then, you know, I try to find the goodness in them, the humor in them, so that it, even though they're not likable, people will still like them or at least follow them throughout the movie. At least have qualities you can identify with, right? Yeah. And yeah. So, and so, so you, you, see, there's, you see choices there and you're, they're relatable choices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you can still root for him or against him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I enjoy that in your movies, um, the dark humor um, and the yeah the and, and holding on to the anti hero as long as you yeah. can yeah. until yeah. you have to let them go. Yeah. Uh, in either direction. Yeah. Um, as long as they don't cross that line, it's like okay, he's lost me. I can't finish this movie now. Right. Right. Um, but I also personally enjoy, uh, you have an anti-hero fact on your website. I think it's very interesting that people mm-hmm. should check out. That I personally enjoy the fact that on your website, you list all the film festivals Pleasure Being Served was not accepted to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on top of the ones that actually did as well. Um, yeah. And so you have both there too. Yeah. Uh, so what gave you that idea? It's, um, I put it in there because... Um, you know, I tell people, oh, my short film has made, you know, 22, 23 film festivals all over the world. And they're, oh, that's great, congratulations, congratulations. But the um, thing they don't know is I sub- submitted the short film to, like, more than 100, maybe 200 film festivals. And the result is, like, getting maybe one-fifth of my submissions, cons- you know, uh, uh, accepted. I don't know why I list it. I just think it's an interesting fact, uh, interesting data. I don't know, maybe it'll inspire someone who's you know, out submitting their short films to film festivals. Like, oh, this guy submitted to all these great film festivals, but he didn't make it. But then these other film festivals picked him, so maybe it's a numbers game. Maybe I shouldn't give up because, you know. I don't know. I just, I just listen to him. Why not? Well, I can attest that the pleasure of being served was incredibly successful, yeah. uh, and will continue to live on yeah. and and play. Uh, and I, I just think it's really great that you did that because it just there's there, it just shows how hard it is to put your work out there. Yeah, uh, and you've made it um, by being the engine that pushes forward the project. Yeah, uh, and so can you share? What have you learned on that producing distribution side yeah. uh, that has been effective in getting your work screened? Um, you need to promote your movie. You need to raise awareness. You need to make sure people the people know about it before you've even shot a frame of that short film. That's why I do a lot of social media stuff now. That's why I did the poster already. And... Um, I promote my actors whenever I can, like every other day on social media. Yep. Oh, look, you know, meet the cast. Um, I think that a, a lot of distribution uh, means hype, meaning um, 
just because you made the greatest short film ever doesn't mean people will automatically see it because when you submit it to film festivals, you'll be competing with hundreds, maybe thousands of other greatest short films ever made. So how do you make yourself stick out? Um, one way of doing that is, you know, just raise awareness from day one. You know, I just get into people's minds like, oh, I have a film coming up, I have a film coming up. It's going to be about this, it's going to be about this, so that when it's out, hopefully people will say like, oh, yeah, I've been hearing about that. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> uh, it's sort of like, you know, when you see, like for me, when I see a Hollywood movie and I come out of it, it's like, oh, man, I didn't like that movie at all. I wasted 16 bucks and three hours of my life. See, <laughs> what made me want to see that? What made me, And then I think back, it's like, well, it's the commercials. It's the... Uh, the interviews, so the the stars promoting the short their their projects. So it's a lot of it is, is hype. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do you do a great job. Uh, mm -hmm. You you really do. I think really, um, it's personal, obviously, but yeah. at the same time, is that uh, it serves everybody, yeah. and uh, you can't rely on someone else to do the work to get your passion out there. Yeah. Um, are there any particular networks you would suggest for people to explore when getting their work out there um, for, for for PR purposes? For well, short films? For me, I just do everything myself. Um, since I started getting into film festivals, I just keep track of um, contacts of uh, um, other filmmakers, uh, uh, film festival um, people around film festivals, so that the next day, the next time I make a short film, I can tell them, look, if you like my last short film, you're gonna love this one. And I've been lucky enough that I have about three or four film festivals or three or four film festival connections where they've said, you know, anytime you have a short film, just send it over. That's <laughs> We're great. gonna screen it because we like you. We, we, you've been consistent with really good work and when we pick your film, you know, you do so much work promoting it and you promote us. And anyway, so yeah. um, the goal is to have a lot more of those where yeah. your name is out there, like, was it supersedes you? So that mm -hmm. hopefully people say, programmers will say, oh, you know what? I hear Mike Maness is coming out with a movie. I don't care what it's about. I don't care if he shot it yet. Just tell him we're going to screen it because he brings in the press. He brings yeah. in attention to fest our festivals. He brings in, he does crazy things that attracts attention to himself and to his work and to his films. Well, I think the, I think the key <laughs> unpacking point of that is that you cultivate relationships yeah. with festivals. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just like, here's my 25th social media post this week yeah. about my film, yeah. uh, which people can, I'll say, be happy about for the first maybe five yeah. and then they need to break from you um, <laughs> but uh, but the cultivation of your work and saying yeah. oh this is a person's who work I trust yeah. that's a main thing because that's yeah. what you that's what you want to, to, to bring around is cultivation of relationships yeah. based on the solid content of your work yeah and you have to be consistent too you know if, uh, I've been lucky enough that my work being liked by a lot of people so I can work off that it's like oh you know this made so many film festivals you're gonna like this and, and I can build off that it's not like you gotta take my short films like well how many film festivals have you made uh, zero but you're gonna like it seriously yeah well and 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 segueing into film festivals like you haven't attended a film festival in a while right I mean no, it's I been uh, Nobody has. No, uh, well, yeah. if if they did, it's 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 a rare occasion. Mm -hmm. um, what's your take on the virtual world? This virtual film festival world we've been living in now for a year and a half. 
well, it's tough because being accepted to a film festival and doing the red carpet and and seeing your work screened on a big screen and you're with other filmmakers. I mean, as a an aspiring amateur filmmaker, that's that's like you know that's the best we could hope for. I mean, obviously, we we use these short films to build on other to make more short films to eventually make a feature. But for now, like myself, I don't expect to make money off my short films, even though I spend thousands on them. But um, what I, my goals for short films are, yeah, getting the recognition, getting it screened, getting it seen by people, and getting my point across about my thoughts and this and that. Um, and seeing people like see it on a big screen and getting like a live reaction. Uh, yeah, it's just the best feeling. And I'm hoping that by the time you finish shooting this next one, that we'll have a lot more in-person uh, film festivals so I can bring the whole gang, you know, cast and crew and it's a celebration. And share yeah. share the moment of, you know, being in the spotlight and, and getting all these, you know, congratulations. <laughs> hey, I think it's not, it's not shame. You can not be shameless to say that and saying like, it's a hard, it's hard work that you're putting, you're selling this, this dough oh, yeah. for. You want recognition for your work. It's not, it's okay to say that. Oh yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 It's, uh, like I said, for now, I, I don't make money of these short films, but uh, what I do like and uh, what I strive for is really just, you know, some recognition and hopefully whatever message I'm trying to get across, people will get and uh, they go, you know, see this movie and get a little bit of uh, a part of me in it. <laughs> oh, I'm always fascinated. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, yeah. because it's, uh, I, I feel we're on our way back of doing it and we yep. will as I was telling someone earlier today, mm -hmm. the Inwood Film Festival is only sleeping. It is forthcoming again. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and listen, we're, we're put out, we went from a film festival that was annually to mm -hmm. weekly <laughs> 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 by putting out local filmmakers' work, including The Pleasure of Being Served, yeah. uh, amongst other local filmmakers' work every single week during the pandemic. And yeah. why well, it was nice, and we do appreciate the compliments, and, yeah, yeah. And, and the filmmakers were all very appreciative of getting the extra PR and, and putting the work out. It isn't the same as being in the same room and, and sharing that experience of yeah. saying, did you see that? That was really great. Yeah. And in that immediacy of the, yeah. of the feedback and and camaraderie and hopefully yeah. uh, collaboration. You never know what's going to be. Collaboration, you know? yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm always also fascinated about someone, what moves them to create. Mm -hmm. uh, and we always, we already talked about the whole kind of like your genre and, and, and how yeah. you kind of live in that. Um, but I also enjoy learning about the specificity, about picking specific projects mm -hmm. and going on that journey. So i like for you to start talking about the why, if why? you will, about Asian persuasion. Can uh -huh. you tell our listeners about the genesis of the idea or perhaps where were you in life at the time and what propelled you to write what would become the screenplay for it? Sure. Um, well, for one thing, uh, I have a disclosure to make. It's, uh, it's inspired a lot by this short film, um, the Zen and the, uh, oh, wow, what's the name of that? Zen and the Art of Zen and Landscape, something like that. It won an Oscar for a short film, 2001. I could tell it had a big impact on you. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Zen and the Art of Landscaping, uh, awesome, Robert yeah. Karch, and I gotta give him a shout out because Please do. 
I saw this film, yeah, 2000, 2001, and I thought it was the funniest movie, I've, short film I've ever seen. And I remember for a couple of years, I'm like, man, I wish I made that movie. It was so funny. It was so funny. Basically, it's it's just one thing leading from one, you know, thing leading from one thing to another to another, all in the space of, you know, like one scene, uh, which is the premise of uh, Asian Persuasion now. Uh, but the story is different. Um, the inspiration for this one is uh, my wife Melanie and I were walking around Central Park and we happened to stop by um, uh, that that fountain. Uh, Bethesda Fountain. Bethesda Fountain. And we watched a party, uh, like a, a couple who the guy just uh, proposed marriage to his girlfriend and you know it was all staged because they were they were surrounded by relatives and some guy brought him flowers and the relatives were like taking photos and videos with their cell phones and I think we just caught the moment when she said yes and she got up and they gave each other a hug and a kiss and the relatives started clapping, yeah, congratulations, congratulations. And then that whole party moved aside because there was another couple doing the same thing. <laughs> so when that party moved to the side, another couple, they and their party, they went over in front of the Bethesda, <laughs> Bethesda fountain. The guy got on his hands and knees and he proposed, she said yes, and the, the guests did the same thing, taking pictures and it's flowers. It's like a wedding machine over there. And then, and you know, Melanie and I are just not into that because, um, yeah, we're sort of like, I don't know, still I'm newlyweds. Like we got married in 2018, and I remember she was telling me, and you know, we talked about getting married eventually. So I would say stuff like, "Well, when the time comes, I'm going to do this." And time comes, you know, in terms of um, proposing. And she said, whatever you do, don't propose in, in public. Don't do that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, yeah, that's not my thing. It's like, and then we talked about it. Uh, you know, people just want, all, just want attention. Some people can just get enough attention. And to me, right. I want to get a lot of attention, but for my short films, yeah. <laughs> but not for. Uh, well, are you going to tell us how you proposed to your wife then? Yeah, it was in, uh, it was in a hotel room in Paris on the night when on her birthday. That's nice. And interesting Very thing romantic. about that, yeah, interesting about that is um, I was doing really well with you know, uh, The Pleasure of Being Served. And earlier that year, uh, Cinematographo, it's like a Philippine-centric film festival in San Francisco. They called me and they said, Mike, we like your movie. We saw it at the uh, 40th Asian American International Film Festival in New York. A scout saw it, brought it to brought it to our attention. Now we want to screen it for our very first uh, festival. Would you come to San Francisco? We'll put you up in a hotel and you know fly you over. You wow. just got to go over there and present your movie. And they're like, okay. Uh, I asked them, sure, yeah. What what weekend is it? And it was the weekend that we had made plans to, to go to Paris for our birthday. So I ended up not going, but it's okay. <laughs> I can't imagine telling her, yeah, you know what about our plans? <laughs> Let's make it some other. Anyway, um, that's, how, that's how we did it. It was in private in, in a hotel room in Paris. Okay. It wasn't, you know, she was getting wasn't the nervous. the Eiffel Tower. Not the, you know, same, like the, uh, the walkway. Yeah, the river, the river no. no, we didn't do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> So, um, 
so you 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 had all these uh, and this 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 idea um, and about weddings and, and getting engaged. Yeah, yeah. And then then also the series of events yeah, that yeah, would yeah. that would spring from. Yeah. That that kind of situ- again situational yeah. comedy yeah. or anti comedy, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, so, what I don't want you to give away the yeah. people, people watch people have to watch it to understand it. Yeah. So, um, uh, and I also believe at one point weren't you uh, concerned about the name of yeah. the show as well? Yeah. Um, originally, I just wanted to have an all Asian cast, mm-hmm. uh, diverse all Asian cast. It could be you know Chinese. Japanese, Korean, Indian, whatever. But the more I cast, the more I was finding some really talented Filipino actors. And these actors knew each other. So um, I ended up, you know, first I cast the male. I was like, oh, happened to be all Filipinos. Uh, what a coincidence. <laughs> and then I'm like, and then I cast the uh, the. The actresses, and they're all Filipinas as well. I'm like, okay, Asian persuasion, uh, you know, I can change it now. I wasn't that keen on it in the beginning because, um, I don't know, because I think I've heard it before. uh, And I looked it up on IMDb. It was actually some (laughs) some pornographic movie. (laughs) And, And then earlier this year, I get an email from a Filipino filmmaker making a feature-length movie with the same title. And I knew the guy. I wasn't going to say anything to him because, first of all, the title's being used already. And second, it's like, I wasn't that, you know, I wanted to change the title now to something more Filipino-centric since we're all going to be Filipino. Uh, but I haven't come up with a, a, a new title yet. But do you think it will change, though? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I have some ideas already, but well, uh, I think it's cool. You made a poster for a show that'd be like limited edition. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> remember that show? Or people, like, or people think you did two short films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so when you're making a film in the best of times, a lot of things need to go right. Yeah. Um, yet, uh, COVID came along, as you said yeah. earlier in the interview, yeah. and you had to put plans on hold for yeah. quite a long time yeah. and now I'm so happy to hear your gangbusters and, yeah. and knocking mm-hmm. things out so um, where were you when COVID hit with the production it was the summer of 2020 when I got the grant and I remember and I was glad that you were very understanding that I wasn't wouldn't be able to shoot last summer um, but yeah I just I just sat on it because and um, I couldn't do anything. Uh, no one had the vaccine. The vaccine wasn't around yet. And um, so what I did was I worked on a script some more. Um, I uh, what else did I do? I started contacting my 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 contacts from previous film festivals, just spreading the word. You know, I didn't want to waste time. You yeah. know, um, right. eventually I created a poster for it. Um, and I just sat on it till I got my second vaccine shot. And then when I started casting, um, they were like, I asked them, are they vaccinated? Like, yeah, I'm vaccinated. I'm definitely going to get vaccinated or I'm my first shot, second shots. I'm like, okay, I think this could work this year. Um, but now that everyone I cast 
uh, well, I eventually found uh, cast uh, some actors who are vaccinated. I'm like, there's no reason to push this back because, you know, already have the funding for it. Yeah. Uh, the script is ready. And so just for, for about a year, I just sat on the project and worked on other things related to it, like promoting it and telling friends about it and creating the poster and yeah. Well, um, I'm just excited that it is moving forward. Yeah. And uh, I'm also very excited about you utilizing Inwood and Northern Manhattan yeah. as background for the film. Why did you choose to set it here? It could be set anywhere. It could be set in the Philippines. Uh, no, I just wanted to um, highlight the, uh, the area. Uh, definitely Fort Tryon. It's, uh, it's a great park. Lots, you know, um, I only see before this project, I only saw the part of it where I go into the tunnel to take the A train. Mm-hmm. But uh, since I decided to shoot my movie, I've been doing a lot of walking around, checking out uh, locations for possible scenes. And then the uh, cinematographer that I hired, uh, Jeremy Hopwood, he used to live around here. So he knows this area really well. Yeah, he used to live off, I think he said like 207 or something, yeah, around here. Okay. So he knows Isham Park really well, Fort Tryon. So... uh, I just thought it would be, uh, yeah, there's really no reason to go anywhere else because we have some really great sceneries here. Um, Inwood Hill Park, Fort Tryon with a bridge in the background and Hudson River. It's a great great situation, and um, I know you have your own things, but we have a good relationship with Northern Manhattan Parks from doing our film works fresco there. Yeah. And so if you need anything, let us know, and we can try to put a word in for you. But you'll be on your – you're a big boy. You do good enough on your own, I know. But uh, I think it's fantastic that you're – um, you do that, and you're, and you're going to take care of your cast, and not bring them here into to the park here. Yeah. And it's it's wonderful to know that it's being shot uptown, and that and that our local resources are indeed resources, uh-huh. yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and providing a good backdrop for the film. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uptown representation, you know, because uptown our representation matters. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's really great. Uh, but so does Asian representation and mm-hmm. Filipino representation. Mm-hmm. So, um, so. What I want to point out too about this story, because I know the script, ha yeah. ha ha, um, it's a very mainstream story. Very mainstream, yeah. So it's great. It's like a spoonful of sugar making the Asian persuasion go down. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Which I, can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's it's great having um, an all Asian cast for this universal and very you know a relatable story. Where do I start? Um, I definitely one of my goals as a filmmaker, Asian filmmaker, a Filipino filmmaker, is to bring Asian, uh, Filipino chic to the mainstream. And to me, the best way to do that, the way I'm trying to do that, is not to necessarily make a huge Filipino movie and just put it out there. Hopefully the mainstream audience will see it. I kind of want to go like through the back door, meaning it'll be a mainstream movie, mainstream story, but with characters who happen to be Filipinos, mm-hmm. you know? Like, for example, um, one of my favorite movies, I don't know if this is the politically correct thing to say, one of my favorite asian theme movies is uh, Harold and Kumar go to uh, White Castle because these are two... I mean, the story is very mainstream. These guys could have been white guys. They could have been any ethnicity. Yeah. They're just two stoners trying to get to White Castle. But the way 
they were presented, it's like you never forget that they're Asians. You never forget that one's Korean and one's Indian. And I think that's great. You know, you people go there and watch this movie, you know, get some laughs. And at the same time, they would come out of it thinking maybe they get a little bit something positive from, you know, like a, a an, from, you know, an Indian character and from mm-hmm. the Korean character. And that's how I want to portray, uh, that's how I want to approach um, uh Filipino representation, meaning um, I want to relate mainstream stories, but at the same time, you don't forget that these are Filipino characters going through mainstream stories. So uh, you're going to get their story, and when it's over, you're going to get something about the Filipino culture. It's not like hitting them over the head. There's no it. activism a part of it all. It's inherent in the story. It's like, it's part of, it's a necessary part of the story. Yeah. And your point is like, the story is them. Yeah. So you don't have to push. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's like, uh, the, the pleasure of being served. It's, I think it's told from an American, Filipino American point of view, not necessarily from an American or a Filipino point of view, because there are, parts that are sympathetic to what it's like to be an American, you know, uh, free market, capitalism. There's an, then there's another part there where it's about what it means to be a, a Filipino in, in the U.S. struggling and how you think about, you know, you miss your family back home and you miss your, you know, you, you try to find camaraderie wherever you can. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's trying to balance both things. and Well... <laughs> I think it's incredibly smart the way you wrote it. You, you have written it, and um, I'm looking to see if there's any major changes during COVID. Uh, do, did you do any major rewrites, or just pretty much the same story? It's pretty much the same story. Uh, I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to see how much I can get away with. <laughs> Meaning, these are likable characters, but I think they're a little flawed, uh, just like everyone, and. I'm going to do my best to take these flawed characters, be likable and relatable as much as possible. Well, I'm so thrilled this project's moving forward. <laughs> and um, Michael, uh, will you talk if, uh, to what effect, if any, did the grant from the Inwood Film Festival Fund have on making this project come to life? Um, it just, I became an award-winning filmmaker. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, and it's it's validation. I've never gotten money. For, well, I have. Like, I've gotten, you know, fee, like broadcast fees, and I got, like, some money from uh, uh, Philippine uh, online uh, TV station. We've won a broadcasting movie. Mm-hmm. But I've never gotten uh, a grant to make a short film, which is great. It's just such a validation. Now I can go out, and, you know, when I was... Um, trying to sell you know the project to the actors i'm working with look i'm an award-winning filmmaker <laughs> absolutely uh it's and you know i it's great too because i was talking to the cinematographer and uh you know we were talking about it and he's like yeah i think i think this will be a, it's a good project yeah i'm i'd like to do it and it, it's he said something like it looks like you know what you're doing too you're not just some like 23 year old recent <laughs> NYU grad NYU grad making out his first film it's like <laughs> it looks like you know what you're doing and it's like okay great you know it's it's 
yeah, I got money to make a short film. Well, that's that's amazing. I don't know hear. anyone else who's gotten money given money to make. I don't know, but to me, it, it means a lot. It's it's just the you know well, big validation that yeah. Well, you're, you're definitely worth it, and um, <laughs> and if you're not, we're taking our money back. No, I'm ah. just teasing. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, but actually, that's to us is the big reward is hearing that it's moving the stories forward. Yeah. yeah, sure, of course, money moves things forward, and you're paying for people and paying yeah. for catering, whatever else, and yeah. locations and permits and whatnot. But the fact of the matter that if it, if you can use it to your advantage to move your story forward, literally yeah. getting done, that's to us what it's all oh, about. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Sure thing. Well. Um, Kind of a parting shot here. As an experienced, uh, we'll say amateur rising filmmaker, because yeah. you have credits, not like your first film, like you said, mm-hmm. um, and you are a one-man gang, yeah. what advice can you give to those snot-nosed punks out of NYU and or Iowa or wherever, or the <laughs> Philippines, um, yeah. particularly, you know, particularly young Filipino ones, because it does matter. We're talking about representation and things yeah. like that. Uh, but anybody who feels a little different, who is trying to find their ways to create and distribute their projects. Well, a couple of things. Uh, three things. I hope I remember them. Just make something <laughs> up. We'll believe it. No, no, no. <laughs> One is don't give up easily just because the pleasure of being served my most successful movie so far in terms of film festivals I wrote when I was in my late 40s and Asian Persuasion, which you guys picked up for production, I mean, you know, I got grants for it. I wrote in my early 50s and if you pay attention to the text, to the context and what's going on in the background, these are things that I never could have written as a teenager or a 20-year-old because, you know, Pleasure Being Served, it deals with, um, first of all, it has that PG nudity scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I could have asked as a 20-something, as an actress, could you be naked from behind and walk into mm-hmm. the bathtub? I don't know. I would have been like, uh, can I handle that nudity uh, right. in a short film? I'm at 20. But, you know, you're you know with age you become more mature and it's like you know what this this movie needs it it yeah. fits in with the, with the uh the theme so yeah i'm gonna need you to be naked from the back and go into the shower just stuff like that you know being able to mature being mature to be able to handle mature themes mm-hmm. and you know the main character, not the main character, the guy, the American guy is like a womanizer, but at the same time, I directed him to be like a nice person. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, where was I? Go- I'm sorry, I'm just... <laughs> your, your advice to the three, your three, right. three points, that was one. The three points is, yeah, you just don't give up easily because when you're young, maybe you may not have lived enough to experience these really deep, uh, feelings, deep point of views, like Asian persuasion. It's a lot of, um, you know, the stories about a guy proposing to his girlfriend. And in the process of that, his friends chime in with what their thoughts are about marriage. Like, that's something I could not have written when I was a 20-year-old film student. Like, what would I know about marriage? You know, mm-hmm. what what would my friends know about being married and the things that happen when you're married and how you change. Uh, second is 
you really need to um, you really need to know uh, marketing. Uh, you really need to know how to promote your work, not just your work, just yourself. You need to become a brand name. I know easier said than done. It's like, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, I am lucky enough to have contacts in the film industry in, in film festivals where I tell them, look, I'm coming out with the movie. A couple of them have said, just send it over, we'll screen it, whatever it is. Just because my name, they already know me, my work, my name. Um, and you need to do that because, like I said, you can make a great movie, but once it's out there in, in, you know, in the film festival world, you're, it's basically playing the lottery, and you really need to stick out somehow, have a great title, you know, like uh, have a, you know, like I don't want to, I don't want this to come out wrong, like, you know, be controversial <laughs> so that, hey, the guy who did this and this, he well, came out with the movies like he did. I got to see that movie. I don't care what it's about. Cause the make guy, an impression. Make an impression. Yeah. Like especially titles, movie titles. They're important. Like Spike Lee had the best title. She's got to have it. I'm like, what's that about? I got to see it. She's got to have it. Because you got to have it to see it. Exactly. Do the right thing. That's a great title for yeah. a movie. Like I want to see that, yeah. you know, whatever it's about. So come up with a great title so that if you're a film programmer you get a stack of videos a stack of you know things to watch or oh she's gotta have it i mm. gotta have what i gotta see that yes yeah. and one more third is just uh, just enjoy yourself meaning if you're still an aspiring amateur filmmaker just enjoy it do whatever you want you don't you're not at that stage yet where your film needs to make money Meaning, just do whatever you want. If it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to you, do it because it's not like you know you're just doing it for yourself, kind yeah. of. Um, because when you start thinking about money, then you started like, well, that's not gonna sell. That's not gonna sell. That's not gonna sell. But here, it's like I don't care. This is my movie. It makes sense to me. I'm gonna do what I want. No one's gonna tell me what to do, and I'm not gonna have these focus groups. That doesn't make sense. No, this is my movie. Enjoy it. Take advantage of. The freedom because once i think you're out there making movies maybe people will say well you know we need your movie spent so much on your movie we need you to make this much we need you to make these adjustments to get our money back or, mm. i don't know <laughs> i'm well, not at that point it's yet, all, but, but you're not but you're climbing and you know uh, you know who you are which i think is great as a filmmaker that's my point is like yeah. you have that's why i kind of pay attention earlier to your the genres you're exploring and, yeah. and like your interests and your song, yeah. your, your screenwriting and, yeah. and how you're going about and get, making your movies out there available to people. Mm -hmm. And what you do is that hopefully people have heard through your passion that you're hustling, yeah. like you're hustling and you're, and you care and your passion comes through mm -hmm. in trying to put yourself out there. And yeah. And at the end of the day is that, you're not getting paid for this right now, so guess what? Yeah, you better still, enjoy it, right? You better, you better enjoy, enjoy the yeah. journey because it's worth. I mean, it, there there are rewards, as you said. Just mm. going to the festivals. There's uh, adulation for the feedback, and mm. and but making it itself, uh, would you agree, is a reward? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. It's yeah, good enough. It's a, <laughs> oh, I got one more. Sorry. Uh oh, just, there's three point five. Uh, no, this is or four. B. This is the last one. I promise. Be prepared for success because my very, f I was, you know, 
made when Bart, five, six, eight, seven, four, blah, blah, blah. My very first short film, I sent it out to film festivals. I haven't heard back from anyone. I'm like, okay, that was fun. I got a little <laughs> short film out of it. I got a call around 11.30 on a Tuesday, 11.30 at night okay. from um, Roberto Rizzo, um, I, IFFM. And he said, Mike, you know, congratulations. I want to screen your movie. It's like, oh, great. Wow, this is a real film festival. And I looked at his website. They're like, yeah, they, they you know, they, they hire out you know, um, real movie theaters to show the movies mm-hmm. instead of like, yeah, let's get a screen, pull it down, and get some chairs. Just like movie theaters, like, oh, this is great. I'm going to yeah. be in a short. I'm going to be in a film festival. So he's like, okay, so uh, today's Tuesday. Do you have a poster for it? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Do you have postcards for it? Because I need everything by Friday. It's like, yeah, I have, I have a poster for it. Yeah, I have a postcard. And you, you have like a website that we can all link to because I want to post it on my web in website for mm-hmm. we'll start telling people about it. Yeah, you'll have it. I'll have everything to you by this week. I didn't have any of those because I had no idea what's needed at these festivals. Yeah. So that night I had to work late, put together a, a poster. I never thought. Like a poster, I registered the name when Bart six eight seven four met Lulu five five four seven. I put some pictures up and I ordered some postcards. I did this like overnight so that by Friday I would have. You didn't sleep for three days. Yeah, but the point is, you got to be ready for you know, got to be prepared for success. Uh, Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all. Yeah, that's a lot. And you know what? That's great advice. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Well. you're one of our favorite filmmakers, and we're oh, looking thanks. forward to more great things for you. Yeah, we believe thanks. in you, believe in your work, obviously. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, if you need any more help with Asian Persuasion or whatever it will be called, yep. let us know. I definitely will. Thanks. You betcha. So this has been um, In What Artworks On Air. Michael, thank you so much for being here and sharing thank with you. us your talent. Um, and also, before we leave, Michael, because we got to take your advice here. Yeah. Where are we going to go to find out about your projects? Where? That yeah. would be angrydougfilms.com. There you That's go. That's it, yeah. We'll have that link on our description of this episode. Yep. So thanks again to Michael for joining me on this Artist Spotlight episode of In What Artworks On Air, mm-hmm. where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment... Please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That really does help. Many thanks to Hanneman Health Club here at 219 Sherman Avenue in Inwood for hosting us and to HeightSites.com for local uptown promotional support. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Alfresco, pop-up galleries, live performances, and so much more. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation at InwoodArtworks.nyc backslash donate. This program is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air.